Welcome to Stand Out in ELT. I'm Ola Kowalska and I'm the host of this extraordinary podcast. I wanted to bring you a platform where you hear from myself and other amazing and inspiring people who have created their success and stand out in ELT. People say that English language teaching is a saturated market, so it's absolutely crucial that you know how to stand out. And I'm going to teach you how to do it. And I'm going to inspire you to take action. So, welcome to this space. And I can't wait for you to stand out and build your legacy in ELT. Hi everyone, welcome to episode three of Standout in ELT with Ola Kowalska. Super happy that you're here with me because I'm going to talk to you about my favorite topic ever, which is money. Hope you're excited um, and hope you'll um, leave today empowered, empowered to make more money, ask for more money and, and yeah... Let me know how that goes for you. Obviously, if you have any thoughts to share with me um, once you've listened, please do reach out. I love, love, love hearing from you guys. So reach out on Instagram at olakowalska underscore ELT. Um, and yeah, let's dig in. So today, money. Hmm, Guys, so that's just a fact. Teaching is an underpaid profession. Uh, it starts... In mainstream education, uh, it's it's present in private education, in language schools, and any other you know educational institutions. And it's you know I've done some research and I and I gave it a big think. Um, and the conclusions that came to me were that maybe it's because the society kind of puts more. Um, gives more importance to jobs that generate profit rather than make the world a better place or maybe it's because um, teaching is generally dominated by females and you know females don't really uh, historically haven't been fighting for their rights or uh, obviously that's sarcastic uh, we can blame the women for all of that and why we not don't make enough money obviously that's ridiculous but you know there are lots of different reasons and I'm not gonna dissect them but I wanted to kind of give you an overview of what I've observed over the years in the ELT profession and how possibly we could challenge that and change that and um, make it a little bit better because I think we bloody deserve it um, I think we're so good at what we do and it, I, I hope you all agree with me. It's it's not a piece of cake. It's not a walk in the park to um, the journey of becoming a teacher. I mean, for some people, it uh, it may just mean doing some sort of an initial qualification like CELTA. But most good teachers I know are either um, undergraduate um, sort of degree qualified or postgraduate so they've got their MAs very often CELTAs, DELTAs and they keep getting even more qualifications because of that sort of mentality Ha! Huh. and I see a direct direct link between um, money and how much we make in education and the qualifications we've got or want to get I have never met a teacher 
Maybe I have actually, but the, the ones I want to work with and hang out with are usually the people who tell me, oh, I need to do another course. I need to do my Delta. I need to do this and that. And this comes from people who have been in the profession for years who maybe wouldn't even need to do those qualifications, but they f- always feel that they need to prove something or they always feel that this would give them more money. <laughs> So I also fell into that trap uh, that's quite normal and obvious because we live in a society that tells us that's the case. So, for example, just to give you a little bit of context, um, I started teaching kids back in Poland and then teenagers and a bit of teaching of adults. And I did that for about five or six years. And then when I moved to the UK, I kept teaching adults um, and was hourly paid And I wanted to start a family, so I thought uh, I would do my Delta and then start looking for better paid jobs. And so that was, I guess that was justified because I wanted some more stability and I knew it was quite competitive. So a Delta would give me a bit more opportunities. But there are cases in which people are actually quite established. They are quite, you know, good at what they do already, but they still think that they have to qualify. Or for example, a Delta qualified teacher who thinks that they need to do another like sort of course just to, just to, you know, be better at teaching, um, just to have another certificate, not to be better at teaching because they are already good at teaching, but just to have something else in their CV. And it's like, it's a whole trend nowadays. And while I'm not against getting qualified because I, like who I, I I don't I can't think of any other uh, group in the society who is more willing to uh, work on their skills and work on their professional development than teachers. Teachers are obsessed with professional development, but um, it usually comes from a wrong place. It comes from a place of, as I said, trying to prove something. Or thinking that this will justify higher prices or would just automatically give them more money. And unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, So what my thoughts on that is that we generally, because of the society, obviously, and because of how the society sees teaching as a profession, uh, you know, this associations, the associations are that teachers have it easy, they have lots of holidays. And I know not all of us work in mainstream education, so we may not even have those bloody holidays, but that's this association that the society has. So then when we think about ourselves, we kind of see ourselves through the lens of the society. And that's quite normal. It's it's nobody's fault. It's the way things have been. It's the status quo. In We can try and challenge that, but that's just, that's just the way it is at the moment. Um, so what I think is that people are often afraid to admit or say or even... Um, like realize, maybe they do realize, but they don't want to say it out loud because they think that that would uh, make them less valuable, that they are specialists in something, that they are um, like better at a certain style of teaching, that they are better at 
a certain aspect, a certain course, a certain, um, you know, level of students. I remember from my career, and it's something that we did mention in the previous episode uh, when I had a chat with Maddy, that people come to job interviews, and I I did that as well, uh, and they say that they can teach literally virtually anything from general English to business English to exam classes to kids, teenagers, adults and animals Um, because they think that will win them something and gives them more opportunities and more money. I mean, short term, yes, but it is, it makes them look um, like I think it makes them look a bit more desperate. So in the long run it's actually something that diminishes their skills and diminishes how they present themselves so I would rather have a teacher who comes to a job interview and tells me I'm a really good business English teacher and I'm going to focus on that obviously I'm not talking about everybody not everybody says that they can teach any everything there are people who are totally and highly aware of their skills and uh, and expertise. And that's great. But I think we need to be more like that. We need to focus on our strengths. And because that helps us believe in ourselves and that what we do makes sense and makes a difference. I had a university teacher, university lecturer when I was doing my MA, uh, who said something quite controversial that... I think the whole class was kind of against. I think we, I I remember we had a very heated discussion after that, but she said something like along the lines of recognize what your teaching strengths are and work with those. Forget about your weaknesses. And I'm like, I love it. Why? Like we live in a society that tells us and the times that tells us, oh, we should keep working and improving our um our you know action weakness points right um why i mean i know it may sound weird because i'm a celta tutor as well and in every lesson i observe i tell my trainees to work on something but to be honest i always put much 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 more emphasis on what they're good at because i know that eventually this is going to bring them results and success and satisfaction and I'm all for it. Honestly, I'm all for it. So my first tip for today, and this is, I know that it may sound and seem far-fetched, but if you think about yourself and your teaching career, what's that one thing that your students absolutely rave about and that you find joy doing? Like I very early recognized that I absolutely love teaching vocabulary and drilling pronunciation. It's something that I enjoy doing so much. And that's why people love it. They say, oh, I've never done it like that before. This is actually interesting. I remember the words that you taught me. (laughs) So, you know, will they remember that I made that I, so my obvious weakness is, is talking too much, but I turn it into something positive. I don't really try anymore. I mean, I did at the beginning just a little bit to to keep it in check. Um, But in general, I tried to turn it into something something that works for me. So my um, chatterbox qualities um, obviously can be a problem for some people. But 
I use it as an argument for people that, guys, the fact that I speak a lot means that I practice much more and my English just developed much quicker. Obviously, as a non-native speaker, that's um, a nice example to use because people find it quite inspiring and they look at me as like a role model. And you can do that too, right? You can do that too. So people have different sort of things that they need to that they need to work on, but you don't need to work on everything because there is no point. Life is too short. I would say focus on what you're good at. And once you've recognized what you're good at, it's going to be much easier for you to believe in who you are and what you do. I know I'm repeating myself, but you can't, you can never repeat too many times what's important. (laughs) So that's step one. Then, obviously, um, There are other external factors that uh, make the teaching profession and the ELT world such a crappy place. (laughs) I know it's not, it's not all crap. It's not all crap. I love it. I'm, I'm in it. I've been in it for 12 years. I'm, I'm okay, actually. But there are some aspects of it that are less than ideal. And I would say that, um, Obviously, the fact that the market is quite saturated, that there are so many language schools and actually so many teachers on the market at the moment, makes it quite difficult to uh, to stand out, to get a job. I mean, that's that's basic, isn't it? Um, so it is it is just generally quite um, quite challenging, um, and I think that we are partly to blame for it. Sorry. Um, so obviously I understand people's situations and I understand that we need jobs to survive, we need money to survive. But what I notice is that people come when they look for teaching jobs. So let's say they've qualified, they taught, then the pandemic hit and it was all it's, it's all been a bit more difficult and now people are looking for jobs because they've lost jobs or they need to make a bit more. So they're looking for some extra side um, gigs and stuff like that. And they, again, come from a place of desperation. They come from a place I really need to find something to survive. So what that means, it's like, you know, it may sound like something normal because everybody needs a job, but again, it's coming from a different, from a wrong place. I think that if it comes from a place, okay, I'm responsible for my own fate and I'm going to try to find a job and I'm going to try to establish my position and experience and expertise in ELT. But if it doesn't work, I'm going to try another route such as I'm going to try and work online or I'm going to try and find my own students. That actually is a much better and much sort of empowered position to start from. So I know that people may think that, but how can I, when I've just qualified, how can I, uh, you know, find my own students? I don't know how to teach yet. I mean, how will you learn? You will learn by being paid little peanuts because you will accept any job. Isn't it better to try and do it in your, on your own terms? There is nothing wrong with messing up, learning as you go, because you would have messed up working for somebody anyway, right? 
So just think about it. Just think about what your sort of, um, what's that place where you're at and why you're, you're, you're looking for some sort of, um, not looking, sorry, lost my train of thoughts. Uh, why you're looking for a job or are looking to make money in that, in that industry. Um, because when you look for a job, for example, um, from a place of desperation, um, then you would accept anything and you would accept little. You would accept less than you were worth because that's what your mentality tells you to do. You're desperate to find a job and you're, you're accepting less than you would want to make. Well, I would really, really recommend trying and shift that. You can take total ownership of how much you make. And that's possible. And it's not going to happen overnight. And I'm not trying to sell any sort of American dream of making millions and six figures. No, it's not about that. It's about taking ownership of your decisions and how your life look financially, how it looks in terms of your workload um, and other things like that. So just think about it. And number three, uh, that's for people who have already sort of um, established in their heads the idea that they want to work for themselves and they are now trying to find students and work sort of independently. Fine, perfect, love it, love the ownership, love the responsibility that you've taken and the initiative and the action, fantastic. But very often those same people charge too little, okay? So I see people charge, um, I don't know, I'm not going to talk about uh, any specific uh, rates because there is no point. I'm, I'm in the UK while you might be in Poland, Brazil or whatever, Czech Republic. Uh, actually... Where are you listening to this? Let me know. I'm super curious. Um, and so you might be thinking uh, things like, I have to be competitive. So you would go into some sort of a portal where English classes are usually advertised, where people advertise their um services like somebody mentioned Gumtree or things like that or or like another sort of uh, website and you would check how much people charge there and then you would find something and then you would come up with your own price that is somewhere in the middle and I'm like are you trying to sell a bike or are you trying to build a business because if you're trying to sell a bike then that's probably a cool thing to do you want to sell it fast. You don't want to be uh, like waiting for too long for people to get interested. So you would find some sort of a price that is in the middle of what you've found. And that's fine. But if you want to build a sustainable business, coming from a place of being uh, and trying to be competitive is again a, a wrong mindset. You have to come from a mindset of... I know my worth, I know what I'm good at, I know how I make the world a better place, I know how I help those people, and I know what people I want to help, that's another thing, and I'm going to charge for that. 
I'm not just going to be another generic teacher who charges what everybody charges, because that's exactly what the point is, what the whole problem is about. So what um, I would advise is taking a step back and thinking, what's your actual offer to the world? What do you offer them? And whether it is an employer or whether it is your private students, doesn't really matter, you know, because your offer is what you represent, is what you think your sort of personal um, toolkit <laughs> um, is. Because employers also sort of give you, hire you based on your skill set. It's not like, I know it's a bit more competitive these days in, in, in language schools and working for language schools because usually people just, I know I've been a manager, so I know how it works. They usually work for just decent people who can teach anything. So it's just worth considering if you want to be in that environment. But um, if you work for yourself, then come from a place of, I'm actually helping people with certain very specific problems. Um, and I know how to do it. So I can't just charge as much as a student of English philology um, charges because I know much more. I know nothing wrong with being a philo English philology student. And yeah, but we know there is a certain sort of trend that students charge really, really, really little because again, they don't think they're qualified enough. Well, to be honest... Um, it doesn't really matter where you are because you know yourself, you know your skills. You're not f uh, suddenly going to teach things that you don't know anything about. You're going to teach based on what you know. Then you're going to mess up, but then you're going to learn because otherwise, how are you going to learn? Okay, so if you come from a place of I'm just like everybody, then people are going to treat you like everybody. And then why would they pick you to work with? So just think about it. And that's my tip. And then my final thought on that is going to be talking about money. So uh, the more we talk about rates and how much we make in this profession, the more it's going to be normalized and uh, uncomfortable. Uh, no, the, the less it's going to be uncomfortable. Um People don't talk about it. We talk about some going rates. We talk about more or less how much we charge. I think it's really important that we talk about what we make in this profession, that we um, talk about possibilities of making more than anybody thinks is possible. So people think that there is some sort of a I don't know, some sort of a ceiling when it comes to uh, pricing, especially like private language classes. Um, and I know it just it just depends on the country, and it but it's probably some sort of a threshold that n nobody is dares to to sort of cross, uh, and a ceiling that nobody dares to to break. I mean, there are a few people who who would, but then they are being ridiculed. They are being, uh, they are being, you know, mocked for it because they think that, uh, because unfortunately, and that's where I'm going with this, students or your potential clients, um, they don't understand the value 
they don't understand the value. So if they see a crowd or a pool of teachers and everybody charges the same, and then there is this one brave person who charges what they're worth and want to make, then they look weird. They look weird. And that's what students think, right? Because they don't know better. They think that there should be a certain cap to those hourly rates and they don't see why somebody would charge more. But we, we, we are responsible for changing that mentality because otherwise we will always and forever stay in that low competitive prices mentality. So we should raise awareness with our students and clients and people around us and saying by raising our own prices very regularly by understanding what the offer that we that we have is so for example one-to-one classes being a premium offer we have to understand that group classes being a bit more of an affordable um, option Thinking about other ways of making money as well. So there could be some passive income. There could be courses that we run. There could be materials that we sell on different websites. There could be worksheets for our students. There could be a membership for our students. The possibilities are endless. But if we only think and limit ourselves to uh, working like one-to-one students, hourly paid, hourly sort of uh, um, sign-ups and stuff like that, then we're never going to change it. Because if we do not set an example for uh, not only our students who otherwise wouldn't know better, uh, but also for other teachers, then nothing will ever change. So... We as teachers should talk about raising our prices. We should talk about um, how we overcome those money sort of blocks, how we overcome uh, difficult conversations with students because it's obvious that students are going to say, oh, I don't want to work with you because I can't afford it anymore. And we have to we have to hold our space. We can't just say, oh, okay, you've been with me for a long time, so I'm going to lower the place just the price just for you. Nope, nope. I've been tested recently. Obviously, I don't teach anymore, but I've been tested because I've just raised my prices and I could have lowered them, but I don't want to because I'm finally fully responsible for how much I want to make. And I'm aware It's not for everybody. It's a price point that doesn't work for everybody. But the people who it works for are my ideal clients. And that's how you want to think about it. People who want to pay what you charge are your dreamy people, are your ideal students. Because they understand that you, you are worth the money they pay and it's not only them who understands that it's you who understand that okay i let that let that sink in think about it and i know it's such a common problem we think that we can't because everybody is in it together we're all in the same boat we are but we are going to stay in that bloody boat and it's going to sink because Nobody dares to do anything differently. I mean, there are a few who do that. And I and I really, really like seeing that happen. But um, 
it's still it's we're still miles away from from charging what we are worth from um like being really showcasing our value and the value of our offer as teachers because we are great we're great at our jobs we've got all the skill set people could go into that profession they know they, they 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 are qualified they have a certain mentality of giving and that's one actually one um other thing so we are the facilitators the givers the those people with a mission with with some sort of a vision and that's great but we very often forget about ourselves in all of that we are the helpers we are the ones responsible for the next generations and for people that we help and that we you know we obviously love seeing our students um grow and soar and like be be better and overcome their barriers in english but what about us we are so important in this and if we are important we are worth every bloody penny every bloody penny and that's how i want you to think about yourselves okay so that was your 30 minute pep talk (laughs) i hope it was helpful (laughs) let me know your thoughts let me know your thoughts i know you'll love it because i know you guys just won't need to hear it so you know it deep inside you know that you love doing it and why not make money on what you're great at why not honestly it would be stupid not to you can make money on what you're great at and on something that makes the world a better place and on something that connects people. I am a total believer of that and I'm a living example of that as well in terms of how I charge, in terms of, uh, the, I mean, how much I charge, in terms of what I think about money and um, and just, just coming from that mindset of I am worth and I deserve to make the money that I want to make, not just to survive. You are, you deserve to make more money than just the money for survival. (sighs) I hope you found it empowering, as I said at the beginning. Please do reach out and share your thoughts with me, so I'd love to hear from you. So, um either on Instagram or on via email at olakowalskajlt at gmail.com. And yeah, if you're still in a place of like thinking about, like that's my favorite sentence recently, I need to be competitive. People, competitive as in with my prices and stuff because everybody does it, so I need to be the same. Uh, so if you want to crush that, if you want to work on your on your mindset, if you want me to teach you how to, um, you know, how to set up yourself for success in ELT, because it does take a lot of mindset work, but also what kind of very practical strategies you can set and how to market yourself for success, then reach out because I can definitely help with that. And I would love to see, because that's my mission. I charge for seeing you thrive in this industry because I think that teachers make the best entrepreneurs and teachers make um, teachers make absolutely the biggest difference in this world and I just want and I know what we all lack 
And I liked that in the past. It is that business sort of mindset. So, and and, and then a bit of business skills as well. Um, but it all starts with how you think about it. Um, so if you're interested, please do reach out because I would really, really love um, to help you and work with you. And I know people who it all resonates with are my ideal people as well. <laughs> so that's your little nudge. Um, and what I wanted to tell you about is that um, I'm now running a Facebook challenge on uh, marketing for success, marketing your services. So that's more for people who are either thinking of or are already um, providing like private tuition online or want to set up this kind of thing. Um, and I will teach you all about how to attract students and how to find them, how to attract them, how to be, how to not be competitive, how to be attractive in the online space to your, to your potential ideal students. Uh, so please join um, the challenge. Um, just reach out if you need the link. You can still join because it's Monday and we've only just started. And yeah, there is a surprise coming this week. I can't wait to tell you um, because I, I want to build a family of very like-minded people who will work to, uh, together towards that EOT success goal. Uh, just can't wait, but I'll tell you very soon. Okay, that's it for now, guys. Uh, thank you so much for re- listening to my ramblings. I hope um, it was useful and inspiring. And until next time, bye! Being a teacher is your superpower. You know how to do it. But developing a business mindset and business skills can be tricky. So if you're a bit lost or maybe fed up with figuring it all out on your own, don't worry. I've created this podcast and other free resources to help you. Follow me on Instagram for a daily dose of education, energy, motivation and fun. If you're interested in working with me, please get in touch and I'll be very happy to tell you about ways of working with me. Don't be a stranger. Say hello from time to time on social media. I love getting to know you better. You're my ELT tribe. And for now, bye and until next time.